What's happening? Welcome into the Nats Insider Podcast. Dan Kolko with you for another week, and we've got a good one for you today. Going to be joined by a current national and we hope a future national, Alex Call, outfielder who the Nationals claimed off waivers a few weeks ago, former third round pick of the White Sox, who broke into the major leagues this year finally with the Guardians. Then when they let him go, the Nationals scooped him up. And he had an enormous swing on the last road trip. Big home run off of Josh Hader, of all people, in the ninth inning to help the Nationals to a win out at Petco Park. And a phenomenal story. Alex Call, a great guy who's been through a lot in his career. And as a 27-year-old, finally got his major league opportunity. And now, with his second major league team, is making an impact. So we'll talk to Alex Call here in a minute. I'll also be joined by James Wood, one of the top prospects that the Nationals got back in the Juan Soto-Josh Bell trade. He's from Maryland originally, went to high school in D.C. for a little bit, then transferred down to IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida, second-round pick of the Padres last year, and now back kind of in his old neighborhood here in the D.C. Virginia area. He's currently with Fredericksburg and is putting up good numbers there. Have a fun conversation waiting for you with James Wood here in a little bit. But first, let's get to my interview with Alex Call. This guy has been a lot of fun to watch. He's got a lot of tools. He can run. He can play defense at all three outfield positions. Got a little bit of pop, but more just kind of bat-to-ball skills and going to put together a competitive at-bat for you. Put up big numbers at AAA this year. The Guardians gave him a chance. Played 12 games with them. Didn't get too much of an opportunity. Then they designate him for assignment, and the Nationals pounce. They claimed him off waivers, and... He's been getting a decent amount of playing time over the last couple of weeks. Let's hear now from a guy that has been through quite a ride to the major leagues and is trying to enjoy every minute of it. Alex Call. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, it's been a whirlwind of a couple of weeks for you. First of all, just take me through what this stretch has been like uh, from – you know, getting called up to the Nationals to getting, you know, your feet wet up here to having that huge home run off of Josh Hader out in San Diego. What has this ride been like of late? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously, uh, well, first off, it's a dream come true to be playing in the major leagues. Um, and obviously there's a lot of different adjusting periods, um, but it's all really cool stuff. Um, you know, getting to travel all over, um, getting to, um, get to know a bunch of new teammates, you know, guys that I've watched on TV um, and um, just really acclimating myself to all the new ballparks, all the new locker rooms um, and figuring out a way to uh, incorporate everything that I do so that I can um, come in here and help this team uh, win Major League Baseball games. What's been the coolest part for you of getting to experience big league life? You had that stint with the Guardians, so you got – little taste of the major leagues, but now you've, like you said, gotten to travel around a little bit and gotten to, you know, get a little bit more comfortable. What's the the coolest part of being a longtime minor leaguer turned big leaguer? <laughs> I, I mean, you could make a laundry list of things. Uh, everything is just upgraded. That's for sure. Uh, whether it's the travel or the food or the uh, ballparks um, or uh, anything, really. Um, it's all big league and uh, 
really cool to kind of experience all that. Um, you know, I got to play in Fenway for a four game series. So that was pretty cool. Um, they had some amazing lobster rolls there. Um, that was, <laughs> that was probably one of my, uh, <clears throat> I got to go in inside the wall. Um, so that was really cool, really cool opportunity to play there. And, uh, kind of experienced that it's probably one of my, my favorite memories so far off the Alex, um you, if, if i'm not mistaken you went undrafted out of high school uh and you went to ball state put together a really nice career there and then you got drafted by the white Sox in the third round um did you feel like even when you were starting off your college career that professional ball was an option for you was that something that you had your your sights on and felt realistic to you at that time, or did your play and kind of your your collegiate rise land you in a spot that maybe you didn't necessarily think was coming for you? Yeah, I always wanted to be a pro athlete. So it started off as I wanted to be the next Brett Favre growing up in Wisconsin, um, <clears throat> but realized that probably wasn't going to be big enough to play football. Um, and you don't have to be any size to play baseball. And um, I played all three sports. So that's, you know, part of you know, I wasn't, I, I didn't really, I had decent tools, but wasn't going to be this, you know, can't miss prospect guy. But what I always knew is that I believed in myself and that I would work hard. Um, and I would, I had a lot of room to grow. And as once I got around a college atmosphere with college coaches and really playing baseball every day, which I hadn't really done because of playing three sports and loving that every minute of that, um, I knew that I would have an opportunity to, to bloom. And so long as I had an opportunity to play with great coaches and teammates around, um, I knew it was going to be an environment that I could possibly thrive in and play at the next level. I, that was definitely my thought. As soon as I came uh, to college, you know, Coach Maloney, um, he said, we want you to be here three years, help us win some championships and, and, and move on with your career. We want you to have a great long career in the major leagues. And so that was really cool that he believed in me from the beginning as well um, and gave me the opportunity to do so. <clears throat> so what type of football player, what type of basketball player were you? Take us into your uh, your skill sets in those positions as we've gotten to know you a little bit uh, as a baseball player. Yeah, um, well, I come from a school in um, Wisconsin, River Falls High School. We had about a thousand kids, so not a huge school, uh, but not terribly small. Um, but I was, uh, I played quarterback. Um, I played safety. I also kicked and punt, uh, as well. So, uh, I kind of did a little bit of everything. I love to love to play. And, um, I didn't really like to get hit. Um, <laughs> so I always wanted to kind of stay healthy. Um, but, uh, I, I love, love playing football out there and, and being with the boys and, um, competing and in basketball. Um, I was more like, uh, you know, defensive guy who would kind of shoot some threes um you know just try to try to make some some smart basketball decisions and things like that so um loved loved every minute of playing those two sports uh, and and was able to play them all through high school i see you being a real hard-nosed defender as a ball as a, a basketball player just <laughs> guys up from right across half court and just not giving them an inch that's that's just how I, I see. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely would try until you know some of them were like a foot and a half taller than me, <laughs> and I have to try and guard them. But it is what it, is. it was fun. So you get drafted by the White Sox in the third round. Like I said, you, you start off on on your professional baseball career. 
Um, and you, things are going well for you. You're, you're making your way up the ranks slowly. And then, you know, looking at the statistics, Alex, it, it looks like you took a big leap forward in 2021 after the, the pandemic year. Um, first of all, what did you do during that year where COVID hit and the minor league season was kind of wiped out? And what allowed you to maybe hit the, the afterburners a little bit coming out of that 2020 season? Yeah, I mean, that was tough. 2020, I didn't get to play. I wasn't at the alternate site. I didn't get to play a season. I was calling indie ball teams, summer ball teams, um, Australian teams. <laughs> I was calling all over to try and get a spot to play because I felt like I had this cloud of 2020 or 20, uh, 2019 hanging over my head where I didn't have a great season. And I knew I was better than that. And there was adjustments that I had made in order to get better that I wanted to show like, Hey, I am a better player. I'm a major league player. Um, and I just want to show that to somebody. So I was, I'm always the optimist. I was thinking after, you know, spring training got canceled, we'll be back here in two weeks to a month and we'll be playing, but that never happened obviously. Um, and so what I would basically do is I, I would, I went home. I was at my wife's um, parents' place, my parents' place, um, up at our cabin, um, over to Indiana. Um, that and my wife is in Chicago. My family's in um, Western Wisconsin, and went to school at Ball State in Indiana. And I uh, would just basically bring my junior hack attack and find if I could find an outlet or a cage. Uh, I would have extension cords, and I would basically just hit that thing as a one-man wrecking crew or if my dad would would feed the machine or whoever I could find. And I would hit that thing so that I could handle that kind of four-seam um, ride that was kind of coming out around that time where really people were really trying to get that on their fastball. Yeah, And uh, that's what I was struggling with, and that's what I improved on. Um, so that was the biggest thing is that I just hit that thing, hit that thing, hit that thing. I actually ended up breaking my my hamate bone in September of 2020 because just I had too many reps so much off yeah. of that. Uh, so it was actually perfect timing because then it made my body take a little bit of a rest as a normal off season would have been around that time. Um, and just was always looking forward to the next opportunity that I could prove myself that I, I'm a better player and um, I am a major league baseball player. Alex Call, Nationals outfielder, joining me on Nats Insider. So, Alex, you have a, a really good year in 2021 with, with the Guardians organization. Uh, and then you come into 2022 as a 27-year-old. Uh, I asked you about this after you hit that first Major League home run uh, back in San Diego. But it seems like nowadays, you know, we up here as broadcasters, as fans of, of Major League Baseball, we see a lot of guys that are making debuts at the age of 20, at the age of 22, 23, um, you're 27 going into another minor league season. And yes, you had had success, but I wonder whether um, you felt any, uh, any part of, you know, this game is focusing on other prospects that are younger, that are a different type of player than I am, or whether you maintained confidence all along that, you would be able to show evaluators that you were worthy of making it to the majors? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And it's obviously something that you pay attention to. You see all these young guys infusing our game um, with their personalities and their talent. And it's awesome. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, 
I still know how the system works. And I always believed in myself and, and I was encouraged also by the guardians. And that made me think that other organizations think the same thing is that age is just a number. I mean, obviously you'd rather be younger, but if you're going to be a, a player that can help our team win at the major league level, then I don't care if you're 35 or I don't care if you're 22. If you're going to come in and help our team win at the major league level, that is something that everybody's going to want to want. And so that was my goal is to be that kind of a player where I can come in and help a major league team win, whether it's, you know, defense, offense, all around player. Um, that's going to be my focus. And then from there, as long as I can maintain that level of play, well, then I know I have, you know, six years of team control or whatever. So I'm going to be cheap for someone. It doesn't matter what age I am. And there shouldn't be any really service time manipulation because I'm already 27. So I thought that those things were working out um, in my favor to where um, if I was ready to play and I was playing at a level that could help a major league team, I would get an opportunity. And I believe that. And I went for it. And yeah, sometimes you never really know what's going to happen. But all you can do is keep chugging along with your routines and your process and controlling the things that are in your court. Every at bat you get, every pitch, um, play hard and with intent and with focus and, and being in the present moment. And then you end up in the major leagues is what happened for me. And, uh, you know, I always believed that it could happen, but that's kind of how it went along. And that's kind of how I thought about it all during that time. Alex Call with me on Nats Insider. So, Alex, you do get called up by the Guardians. You have a, a stint with them. And then they designate you for assignment. And the Nationals immediately jump on you. They, they claim you. Um, they didn't immediately send you uh, to the big league club. They, they send you down to AAA. But you raked in that brief span <laughs> that you were at AAA Rochester. I would imagine, and this is just me, uh, you seem like a very positive guy, but I would imagine you get that taste of the major leagues an organization that believed in you for a little bit there designates you for assignment. There might be a little bit of a mental letdown or some type of doubt creeps in or just some negative thoughts, but it didn't seem like, at least based on your performance, that was the case with you. How did you handle the, the getting designated and then the Nationals putting you at AAA? Uh, what allowed you mentally to perform the way that you did when you were there? Well, it's... It was definitely a whirlwind. I didn't know what I wanted to happen. I mean, I didn't obviously I wanted to be remain on a 40 man roster. Um, but it's just so weird because I've been with the Guardians for the last three, three, four years or whatever, and you know, made a lot of friends there. Um, and then getting claimed by the nationals, like sweet, you know, like this is awesome. And then I'm like going to play. I was like, all right, well, whatever. I mean, I know that. If you're claiming me, it's probably for some reason. And I know that we're not necessarily in contention for a playoff spot right now. So that should mean some possible opportunity for me. So if I just go take care of business, stay in my routines, uh, study the pictures, do everything that I can, every, every part of my daily prep, <clears throat> then I should hopefully, you know, get an opportunity here at the major league level uh, in the short term. And uh, it happened to be only five days and I was able to play really well and hopefully, um, you know, make it easy for them. And uh, now just trying to just continue to take it one day at a time and get with it with whatever I'm given. Um, just make sure that I'm prepared and then the rest of the results are, are out of my hands or in God's hands, you know. Alex, you've never been a guy at, at any pro stop that's hit for enormous power. You're not a 35 home run type of guy, but it, your on-base percentage has consistently been high. 
you're a bat to ball type of guy. What has allowed you to play to your strengths in those areas um, that has put you in this position that you're a major league ball player? Yeah. So you've seen the game the last, you know, five, 10 years where it seems like, you know, people were going towards power and more strikeouts and more walks or whatever. And, you know, the money ball type um, theories. And I obviously paid attention to all of that. And I was trying to, you know, take what the game's looking for and, and what I bring to the table. Um, and then also you've seen the game kind of flip back just a little bit to where maybe we don't want as many strikeouts and maybe we want more all around ball players. And that's really where I <clears throat> kind of felt like, all right, I know what my skill set is. I know that I can, if I hit the ball, I'm not just going to only hit singles. I will definitely hit some doubles, some triples, home runs, whatever. But if I just focus on <clears throat> taking really good at bats, competing every single pitch, controlling the strike zone, um, and being prepared in that sense, then that's going to be something that people want. In the in today's game, get day and age, I know that the way I can play defense in the outfield, um, the way I can just be that overall all-around player um, that's going to be solid and someone that you can trust in the lineup uh, is going to be uh, an asset for some organization. And that's really the type of player that I tried to be is the guy who's going to be get on base as much as you can. You know, I think that there is definitely some truth to that money ball stuff where it's about getting on base because <clears throat> um, that's how you score runs. And so if you score runs and you save runs in the outfield, well, that's somebody's going to want that. So that's what I was always going back to in my head. It's like, if I can do this, if I can do this, I know I can do this. This is, this fits into what I can do. Therefore I'm going to have a chance. Uh, so that was always what I was thinking about. And yeah, I mean, I'll hit some home runs, uh, but I'm definitely going to compete every at bat. And um, you know, the results are, over the long term, being prepared, being ready for each and every each and every opportunity, you're going to be where you want to be. Alex Call with me on Nats Insider. And Alex, uh, I'll, I'll let you get out of here on this one. Baseball is a game that inherently has a lot of failure inside of it. Um, even if you're one of the best players, you're going to fail a ton. You, at, at, When we spoke after your home run off Josh Hader, you said something about how you believe you're the best two-strike hitter there is. Uh, and in this chat, you've made comments about how you believe in yourself so much and you've you've had faith in yourself. How have you been able to maintain that positivity, that belief when you are going to struggle so much? Any ball player is going to struggle so much. How, are, how have you been able to keep that mentality uh, and allow it to get you here? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> well, you off the bat, you know that failure is a part of the game. And um, you can't control getting hit every time. You can't control not striking out every time either. But what you can control is how you're going to look at each pitch. Um, and so if you are able to be disciplined in that, trust in your routines, trust in um, all that you're doing off the field to make sure that you're ready, then when you get up there, it starts to become a little bit more in your control to where the things start to take care of themselves. And day after day after day, you see the results coming out and yeah, you strike out and that doesn't feel good, but how do you respond after that? Does your, men does your mind go into a different spot or are you able to kind of compartmentalize that, put it away and replace it with another thought like, 
You know, I hit good angle line drives all over the field. I'm the best two strike hitter there is. Fueling your mind with those types of positive reinforcements <clears throat> allow for you to be your best self when you walk up and step in the box. Because if you do that, I'm a firm believer that you're going to be where you want to be. But if you let all that other failure drag you down and weigh on you and you have to get a hit this next time, I have to get a hit this next time, I got to get four hits tonight or else whatever, that is extra baggage that you're carrying into the box, which doesn't allow you to be at your best performance level, in my opinion. And so that's what I'm focused on, just being allowing the best version of Alex Call, which is you know one of the best baseball players in the world, to show up in the box every single time. And if that happens, it's all going to take care of itself. That's phenomenal. Alex <laughs> Call, kind enough to take some time and bring us into his head here on Nats Insider. Alex, this has been uh, a lot of fun talking with you and get to know you a little bit. It's been great watching you early in your Nats career and really looking forward to seeing what's to come in the future. Yeah, I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. All right, let's play for you now my interview with James Wood, 19-year-old, about to turn 20 in a couple of weeks. This guy has a very promising future ahead of him. He's a big body, six foot seven, 240 is what they list him at. Left-handed hitter who's been playing primarily center field. The Nationals got him as one of six players in return for Juan Soto and Josh Bell. And James has been at... Single A Fredericksburg and putting up good numbers there over the last couple of weeks since coming to the Nationals organization. Fun conversation with a guy that we could see doing big things in a Nationals uniform in the years to come, James Wood. James, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? What's going on? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, appreciate you doing this and uh, taking some time away from your in-season schedule. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, when, when those of us here in D.C., saw all the pieces that were coming back in in the trade that happened a few weeks ago. You see on the press release, on you know the information that's passed along, guys' hometowns, you see where they went to high school, where they went to college. And for you, it popped up Bethesda, Maryland. And so I think for a lot of people here in the area, it's cool having a local kid back uh, here in the Nationals organization. Tell us about your upbringing. I know you went to IMG, which is down in Florida for, for high school. But tell us about being being born in in the uh, Rockville area, I guess it was, and yeah. uh, and what your your childhood was like, as much of it as you spent here in the D.C. area. Uh, I mean, yeah, just grew up in in Olney. Just got two older sisters. Both went to school and around here too. Um, both of them graduated from from college, but they're a little older, but. Ended up going to high school in D.C. for a few years, then ended up transferring to IMG my junior year and 
and kind of just a few years later, sort of just ended up back home, really. Just found a way back home, really, I guess. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Is that exciting for you to, to kind of make your way back to where it all started in a way? Yeah, for sure. Just being able to have my family back, just like right, right, pretty much like hour or so away. And like right now, at least just they haven't been able to see too many of my games, just me being on the West Coast. So them being close to home or me being close to home is, is, is really nice. That's awesome. Uh, James, so you're you're a big kid. You're six, seven. They list you at six, seven, two forty. Uh as someone who was maybe 5'5 five, five going into my senior year of high school and then grew a lot from there, I can't fathom uh, the type of frame that you had probably in high school. When did you start to to really grow? When did you develop that frame that you've got now? Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't think I, I never really had like a, a big growth spur or anything. So I've always kind of been pretty tall and it's, it's sort of been pretty gradual. So let's go through your kind of development through high school. You said you started in, uh, in high school in DC, then you transferred down to IMG. Um, when in, in that process, did you really feel like, you know, baseball was going to be something that you really could pursue professionally? Was that had you felt that since like your your younger days or did that kind of grow for you as you went down to IMG and started kind of getting uh, a little more serious about it down there? Uh, yeah, I think I think my goal was always to play play in the major leagues. But I think like I sort of started realizing like pro ball was like a possibility like that, especially that early out of high school, like probably like a little bit after or going into my senior year, probably after that summer of my junior year. Um, what were your skills like as you were growing up? Like you're, you know, this big guy now, uh, as you were progressing through high school, what was your skill set like then? What were you like as a hitter? What were you like as an athlete? Um, I want to say like my freshman year, I was I wasn't really super fast. I was still kind of filling out. I think I was I was really still trying to fill out a little bit until I'll probably say like my junior year. That's probably when I really put on a lot of weight and sort of just kind of got there, like really advanced myself like physically. I would say, but I think I, I at least tried to be the same player. I've always just tried to play my game and just sort of be myself out there. So. I would probably, I'd say I'd think I'd be the same player. I was the same player. but So you get down to IMG and you're, you're having success down there. Um, what was it like for you when scouts started coming around? Obviously scouts are going to hover around IMG uh, constantly because it's a hotbed of talent, not just for baseball, mm -hmm. but for a whole bunch of sports. What was that like dealing with all that attention, all that uh, maybe stress or pressure as you know, a teenager, that's not something that, that most kids have to deal with when they're growing up. Yeah, for sure. But, um, but you know, pr pressure's, pressure's a privilege for sure. So it's something that um, something you got to just sort of be, I want to say proud of, but just like something you got to be thankful for just because being in those positions, it, it, it's a good thing for sure. And it, it it's, it's going to happen more down the road. So. It's definitely a good learning experience for sure. I like that. James Wood, Nationals outfielder. 
in their minor league system. Joining me here on Nats Insider. And James, while you were at IMG, you played with a guy who also just joined the Nationals organization within the last handful of weeks. That's Elijah Green, who was the Nationals first round pick this year in 2022. Take us into what your relationship is like with him. Uh, you know, you've known each other now for a couple of years. Uh, you were drafted a year ahead of him, but how well do you know him? What's your relationship like? I mean, yeah, we were in the dorms pretty much all year last year, so I got to know him pretty pretty well. He's a real good friend of mine. He's he's a great player. He, he's he's going to be real special in the next. I mean, you guys will you guys will see it for sure, especially once he once he gets out to affiliate ball and all that. But he's a real special player, and I'm real excited to be playing with him again for sure. Have you guys thought about or talked about the possibility of the two of you posting up in a major league outfield together next to each other <laughs> at some point down the line? <laughs> I'm not, not not really too much yet, but I'm sure one, once I once I get to see him in person, I'm sure we'll be talking all about that and everything too. So James, uh, let's talk about the trade now. You, you'd been you're drafted by the Padres uh, a year ago. You put up good numbers in the low levels of the minors there last year and the the early part of this year. And you're moving up, you know, in terms of the the levels of affiliates. You're moving up in terms of talk about you and interest in you around prospect circles. And then the trade deadline is approaching. Um, what was that process like for you as your name was getting tossed around at, at, as a possibility in some Padres trades? And then how did you kind of receive the news that, that you were going to be shifted from the organization that drafted you back here to the East coast? Um, yeah, the, it was, the deadline was, it kind of moved pretty quick. I would say, I think like by the time I found out, I ended up having to like leave that day, obviously, and like pack up all my stuff, just like the speculation. I, I really just tried not to worry about it and sort of just, so I just keep focusing on on playing my, on winning games, just playing well and playing hard and all that. But it's just sort of tough. Just a lot of stuff you can't really control. But by the time it happened, I was I was it was sort of tough to say I'm saying about all my teammates and all that. But I was I was for sure excited for the new opportunity I was going to have with the Nationals and was was excited to get on the road and get, and get into Fredericksburg. So, James, what's it been like for you at Fredericksburg? The numbers have been good. It looks like, you know, at least statistically, you've been you've been settling in all right. Uh, what's that transition been like for you? Um, it's been great. My teammates and my coaches they they've done a really great job just making the whole transition smooth and just and just really helping me out throughout the process. What would you if for someone who hasn't seen you play yet? How would you describe what you're bringing to the table as a player? What type of hitter you are? What type of defender and base runner you are? Um, I think I think I could bring whatever the team needs to the table. I think like I could play three outfield positions. I could hit anywhere in the lineup that you need me to. I think I could steal a bag if you need me to. I just think I think I'm just there to help the team team win. And I think I could do I could do anything to help the team win out there. You see a guy that's listed at six foot seven, and you might think that he is kind of station to station on the base pass that he's kind of lumbering out there in the outfield, but that's not the case with you. You can, you can book it a little bit. Uh, have you <laughs> always had this speed that you, you have right now, or has that kind of developed with you as you've gotten a little bit older? Uh, it's definitely developed throughout high school for sure. I think like freshman year, like obviously I still had to like fill into my body and all that, but it's definitely something I, I've, I've worked hard at and, and really just seen a lot in, 
seen a lot of improvement in throughout the last four or five years. So it's definitely something that I, I was excited to really sort of just add to like my arsenal, just being able to take an extra bag, steal a base here and there. James, I was looking at your splits and you're a left-handed hitter, but you, you've put up good numbers against both lefties and righties. It doesn't seem like you're a dramatically better hitter against right-handed pitching. How have you been able to make sure that even left on left, you're still able to put together a really good at bat and still have success uh, in those moments? Um, yeah, just I just try and keep it real simple, especially especially going going against lefties. Someone can be real tough, so sort of just gotta gotta be patient and sort of just just get a, get something good to hit and just not try and do too much with it. Defensively, you mentioned you can play all three outfield positions. You've been playing primarily center fields uh, this year. Do you have a favorite? Would you like to stick as a center fielder long term, or do you not much care? It doesn't really matter too much to me. As long as I'm in the lineup, it doesn't matter to me, really. That's a good uh, – I'm sure managers out there will will appreciate that, uh, that answer. <laughs> James Wood, Nationals outfield prospect, joining me on Nats Insider. Uh, James, where do you still want to develop? We talk about the skill sets that you have, all the tools that you bring to the table. What are the, you know, the top of the checklist of things that you really want to work on on a daily basis to help you move up the ranks and, and get up to the big leagues as fast as possible? Yeah, obviously, I think there's a lot of aspects I can really improve on. I think, obviously, like, like you said before, like kind of hitting against lefty speed too, just like getting stronger and all that getting my body more prepared, just making sure I'm able to stay healthy throughout a full season as well, too. Yeah, that's something that I know can be a bit of an adjustment for guys when they get drafted and they become a pro is, you know, down at IMG, this is it's, you know, serious business down there, too, in terms of your playing. But now this is it's your job. This is what you're here to do. So how have you taken to the routine uh, of playing every day with the exception of Mondays and uh and just going through the grind of a, a full professional season. Yeah, and I'm, I'm for sure just getting kind of getting used to it still. In first pro season, and even still, I kind of miss missed a good chunk of time earlier in the year. But I think my body's still kind of getting used to it, and sort of just getting more acclimated to going six games a week, and and kind of just kind of getting prepared for that, and sort of just. Not sure. Just making sure I'm I'm staying, talking to my trainers, talking to my strength coaches, just making sure my body's feeling right and my body's good to go. James Wood here with me on Nats Insider. And James, last question for you. Um, there are not a ton of six, seven guys in the majors, but in recent years, we've started seeing some more. Obviously, Aaron Judge is doing his thing in New York. O'Neill Cruz just came up shortstop with the, the uh, Pirates. He's a big, big dude. Is there a guy that you've looked to as kind of a a model for you or someone who you've kind of tried to paint your game after them that has been a big bodied guy? It, do you do you look for inspiration from current big leaguers that that have your type of frame or does not are you willing to just kind of pave your own way? Um kind of a little bit of both like I, I always try and just go out there and like play like myself but obviously like I watch a lot of video on those guys like especially O'Neill Cruz especially I think his body's his frame so it's, it's a lot more similar to mine than like I would probably say Aaron Judge Aaron Judge probably has I don't know probably 40 50 pounds on me maybe still so I'm not I don't know if I'm quite there yet 
with Aaron Judge physically, but O'Neal Cruz, he's a lot slimmer, a lot more like me. And his swing, left-handed, pretty whippy swing, too. It's pretty similar, so I really enjoy watching him play a lot, too. He's, he's real fun to watch. Well, James, it's been a lot of fun watching you in a Fred Nats uniform so far. Uh, we're looking forward to watching you grow, man, and and rise up the organizational ranks. And we can't wait to have you up here in D.C. at some time, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. Appreciate you taking yeah. time with me, man, and good luck. Thanks, Dan. Take care. You as well. That'll do it for the Nats Insider Podcast this week. My thanks to James. My thanks to Alex Call as well. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. And we're going to talk to some more prospects the rest of the way and get to know some of these newer big leaguers on the Nationals roster as well. Hope you're enjoying the podcast this year. And we've got a few more for you before the season ends. Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Go big or go home.